God's called us to be a supernatural church. You know, you hear a lot about pop culture, the issues with the culture that we live in. The issue is this, is that even pop culture, popular culture, whatever you want to call it, millennials, they're looking for the power of God. And if you're demonstrating the power of God, people will come to church. Amen. The Bible tells us this. I said this, I think, Wednesday night. It says that, you remember, it says that Herod reached out his hand and vexed certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the people, he took Peter and was going to kill him. And you remember the great deliverance. The angel delivered him. Well, it says that Herod, in the next day or so, was giving a speech. And when he got done, the people said, it's the voice of a God and not a man. And said, the angel of the Lord stood there beside him. And he smote him because he didn't give God the glory. And he was, he was eaten of worms. Here's the point. He died. But the next verse says, the church grew and flourished. The church is God's power carrier in the earth. And we got to act like we carry that power. We got to tell people, if you're sick, come to church. God will heal you. If you have issues, you got to come to church and God will take care of them. Amen. Hallelujah. That, that is part of putting faith pressure on the gifts that flow in the church. If we put faith pressure on the gifts that flow in the local church, the gifts flow in the local church and people are the recipients. Oh, glory. And you know what? When God heals somebody, from some, whether it's life-threatening or just something that they've been dealing with, when God heals them, the first thing they're going to do is go tell somebody else that God healed them. Amen. I believe God. I believe God. Hallelujah. Because the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Isn't he good? Tell your neighbor, say, it's so good to be healed. So good to be blessed. Hallelujah. Now, I full well intended to minister on carriers of the glory, but I can't get into that because we, would, uh, we wouldn't get out of here early. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9. I just want to share a couple things with you. Uh, the offering will be the message tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did I tell you how the Lord paid for all brand new cameras? Uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Michelle was in Kansas and uh, the Kansas location is where we do all, all of our filming for our uh, television broadcast. Uh, well, I mean, we do some here. I don't know how I would say. Uh, 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 yeah, they're 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 uh, um, a little a little farther along and there, and uh, so they were going to film, and uh, as they went to film, uh, they could they couldn't film because there were some things that were not right, and uh, so Pastor Michelle told. Uh, well, Ron Poole, he produces our program. 
and told him, said, uh, uh, go ahead and investigate how much it's going to cost uh, to get all this fixed. Well, the, the reality of it is we had to buy three brand new cameras. We had to buy all brand new cameras uh, for the quality that we want and everything that goes with it. And so uh, he, uh, he gave her the number of $11,000. Is that what it was, a little over eleven? Was it 12? That's even bigger than I thought. Praise God. But nonetheless, uh, she called me and told me, and so we immediately agreed. And, and I said, you know, we said we agree. We have that money in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, the next day, she was coming back from Kansas, and she called me. And she said, uh, uh, first of all, can you uh, call Ron and add him to the call? I said, yes. And then she said, can you go into Jim's office and put me on speaker? Well, I know something's up now. And uh, so I went in. And just before I hit the speaker button, I told Jim, I said, I bet you our money came in. I bet you our money came in. And I hit speaker. And sure enough, a friend of our ministry called and was talking about the impact the television broadcast has been having. Uh, the, the one that uh, Pastor Michelle and Annette Caps have been doing. And uh, they said... Uh, uh, you know, what a blessing it is. And Pastor Michelle just shared, you know, well, this is what we're believing God for and, and because this is what's happened. And the person said, then that's why the Lord's been dealing with me about your television ministry to sow a seed into your television ministry. She said, I'll send you a check for it. And so less than 24 hours later, God paid for our cameras. Hallelujah. Just the beginning. Just the beginning. The Lord said to us through Brother Jesse, he said, this year that's coming up is going to be a very special year. What gets on the head gets on the body. Amen. How many want some quick turnarounds? Quick turnarounds. Amen. Quick turnarounds. It's coming. Quick turnarounds. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, as we prepare to sow tonight. But I want to share just, just if you'll give me maybe 15 minutes. Hallelujah. Verse 6, it says, This I say, he that sows sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he that soweth uh, bountifully shall reap bountifully. Now, I've said this consistently. If you just break this down to its base essence, he that sows reaps. Why? That's the law. Now, I can increase it or decrease it. But I can't cause it to not work. Because it's, it's the mother law. It's the parent law. What you sow, you reap. Amen. You know, in the beginning, Adam didn't toil in the garden. But seed was still put in the ground. Had to be put in the ground for it to bring forth. Is that right? It, it propagated itself without toil, without labor. Amen. But this is the parent law. If you sow, you will reap. Now, I'm in charge of whether it's sparingly or bountifully. But the, the, the bottom line is you break it down to its essence. If I sow, I reap. Every man, according to his purposes in his heart, let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. A generous giver. A, 
a uh, happy giver, a prompt to do it giver. That this is not just in church. This is on the street. This is in the restaurant. This is at the coffee shop. I'm, I'm not begrudging, right? When when the server comes and serves my food, and it comes time to give a tip, I'm I'm not picking everything he or she did apart and being grudging with my money and feeling like, well, I have to give a tip. I'm generous. Is that right? And God is able. Now notice, God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Now here's where I really want to start. So that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. I've been exercising my faith specifically recently for this, that when something arises in the church or in my personal life, that I have the sufficiency to take care of it and I don't have to touch my reserves. Right? No, I don't want to dip into my reserves. I want the sufficiency from my sowing and my reaping to handle it. That's, i got to exercise my faith for that. We're exercising our faith right now in our church for a year's worth of expenses to be put back. Amen. $500,000. It's about $55,000 a month right now at, at the stage we're at. Not long, it'll be more than that. But the point is, uh, about $500,000. So why are we doing that? Because if something arises, we don't want to have to dip into the reserve. We want all sufficiency in all things. Right? In, in, in other words, I'm sufficient. I have it. Hallelujah. Isn't, isn't that good? That when something comes up, you can just say, I got that. And write the check. Right? Just write the check. I have all sufficiency. You, you didn't have to dip into the budget. You did, Right? Now, now notice, this is the will of God. God is able to make all grace, the, the grace that comes from your giving, abound to you that you would have all sufficiency in all things and abound to every good work. As it is written, in Psalm 112, He, the righteous man, is dispersed abroad. He's given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now look, that, that's generosity. He's dispersed abroad. He's given to the poor. He's been generous. The book of Ecclesiastes says, In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening don't withhold your hand, because you don't know which one's going to prosper. You don't know which seed's going to come up first. Just keep seed in the ground. Amen. Now, he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now, I want to say something here. Notice it says that he ministers seed to the sower. That's something that's a promise. But it still has to be asked for. I have to ask for seed. Now, why? Many people jump right to minister bread for your food. If we 
spent more time asking for seed, we'd spend less time praying for bread for our food. If, if we spent more time asking for seed, we could spend less time asking for bread for our food. I'm, I'm not saying you. Most, somebody else, other people. Yeah. Most of the time when they're praying about finances, it's what they need. I need bread for my food. But if I have plenty of seed, and I sow plenty of seed, bread for my food is no problem. Most people you know could give more. Oh, got quiet. Notice I said people you know. Most people you know could give more. Because we make our decision on what we give based on what we need as bread for our food. But if I spent time saying, Lord, give me seed. As I sow the seed, the harvest swallows up the need for the bread for the food. Amen. Do do you see that? And he multiplies. Notice what he multiplies. Your seed sown. So what does that mean? What is not sown cannot be multiplied. Money, ever how much you got in your pocket... Whatever it is, when you get up in the morning, it's going to be that same amount. Because it's in your pocket. It's not in the ground. But whatever I sow, when does it start multiplying? The moment it gets in the ground. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? He multiplies the seed sown. Now think about that. Ever what your need is, If a seed is multiplied enough times, it'll eradicate that need. Amen. Did you see now why he said, depending on how you give will depend on the amount of harvest that comes back? There are people you know and I know, they are existing. They They give a subsistence seed. Just enough to keep a flow coming in. When he said, you could have all sufficiency. And can, can we look at this real quick? Y'all got time for this? Can we look at this real quick? Um, verse 8 of chapter 9 in the, uh, the Amplified Bible. On the screen here. Hallelujah. Because, because I, w- I want you to see something. It, it, it uses these words consistently uh, of all. God is able to make all grace. Now look at this. Every favor and earthly blessing to come to you in abundance. Right? Every favor and earthly blessing. Now now notice, it's saying this is what God's able to do. It's telling us this is what God can do. What's on the other end of that? 
what you do. The context, now, now keep that up there for me, please. Because verse 6 and 7 talk about sowing. Our responsibility is to sow. After the sowing, he says, and this is what God's able to do with what you sow. Do you see that? With what you sow, God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Just enough. Just a, a subsistence flow. Abundance. If, 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 if you open up your, your cabinet and you got six cans of beans, is that abundance? No. It's not abundance. If you open up your cabinet, you got one can of beans. Is that abundance? Now, here's what a lot of people would say. Well, I got enough for today. What about tomorrow? Amen. Do you, do you understand that? In abundance, so that you may. How, how often? How, how often? So, it's not a little here and not much today. Maybe a little more tomorrow. Always. And under all circumstances. How many circumstances? All of them. All of them. In other words, whatever the circumstance is that comes up, what's going to happen? Whatever the need, under all circumstances, whatever the need, be self-sufficient. That's where you got to exercise your faith. I'm going to be self-sufficient. Possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance. Now, now stop and look at this. You will possess enough to require no aid or support. And you will also have so much that you will have abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So much... That whatever the need is, you got it. And whatever there is to give into, you can do it. That's why I want to spend more time believing for seed than I do asking for bread for my food. Bread for your food doesn't multiply. It just meets the need. And that's why people limit their seed because they'll hit a need and they'll sow a seed for that need. You're only going to get the need. Right? If, if Brother Jim came up to me and said, Pastor, I need $20. I need $20. Can you help me? Can you give me $20? Right? And I say, is that all you need? You know, nobody in here just needs $20. $20 won't even put, what, a quarter tank of gas in your car right now? But here, here's the point. I can have $1,000 in my pocket. I can give him abundance. Wipe out that need. But all he asked for was 20 So what did he get from me? 20. 
So people spend a lot of time, Lord, I need you to meet this need. Lord, meet this need. Lord, meet this need. And they'll even sow a seed for that need. And more often than not, they get back what they need. See, he says, I want you to believe me for seed. You sow seed whether you have a need or not. If you just sow seed when you have a need, the need eats up your seed. Now, that's, that's, that's better than your need not being met. But how about putting an end to need? That's what I've been thinking about. Why don't we just end need? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. See? Now, I'm, 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 I'm going to wrap this up. But a lot of times, even people in Word of Faith circles, they tend to almost border on that old religious thing that, well, God will give you what you need. He may not give you what you want, but He'll give you what you need. Well, we just quoted the Scripture that said that God, God, the Lord's my shepherd, I will not want. If I'm not in want, that must mean I have my wants. What about the Scripture that says He'll give you the desires of your heart? What about the Scripture that said He's given us richly all things to enjoy? To enjoy. It's not enjoyable to just be right on the line. Amen. I said that's not enjoyable to just be right on the line. It's like wearing a tight suit. It's just not enjoyable. Not at all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or tight whatever, tight shoes. Just not enjoyable. Amen. I knew, I knew a lady one time, she always talked about how her shoes hurt her feet. And I said, why are you wearing them? They're so pretty. But you're hurting. If it's not enjoyable, doesn't matter how beautiful they are. To me, now I'm a man, so. Do you see that? Think, now let me, let, me, let me run through this real quick and then we'll wrap this up. You can see things from the Word that show God's nature. Right? When Jesus, well I say this, when Jesus was at the wedding of Cana of Galilee, Think about this. And Mary came and said, they don't have wine. And he said, well, you know, you remember what's that to me? And she told the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, when you think about this, what was the servant's obedience? Seed. And people will say, Jesus turned that water into wine. Their obedience turned that water into wine. It was the power of God, obviously. But if they hadn't taken the water to the governor, there would never been no water made wine. Now, did they have a need? Did he just meet it? Or did he go over the top? No, he went over the top. They said, this is the best. This is the best. Is that right? When, when Jesus told the disciples, he said, he said, send the people away. 
Or the disciples came and said, send them away. And Jesus said, I don't want to send them away fasting. I don't want to send them away hungry. I don't want to send them away in need. In lack. Right? Why do people get the idea? When I was a boy growing up in Pentecostal circles, we were told that there were three possible answers to prayer. Yes, no, and wait. Well, you know, out of those three, there's only one of those that's an answer to prayer. Yes. No is not an answer to prayer. If I ask Pastor Larry, Pastor Larry, can, can, uh, uh, can I use your phone? And he said, no. Well, he didn't answer my request. He said, no. And if he said, maybe, well, what's that mean? There's only one answer, yes. God is very definite. And Jesus said, and, it, and it's a symbol, it's a picture, I don't want to send them away fasting. I don't want to send them away hungry. I don't want to send them away without. God never wants you to come to Him and leave without what you don't need. With what you, and leave without what you need. And notice what He did. We talk about the five loaves and the fishes and the miracle, but notice how He did it. Notice the result. It says that there were 5,000 men besides women and children. I don't know how many that was. A lot. Over 5,000. If, 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 every, if, if, every, if, if just a portion of them were married, right, we're at seven or 8,000. And if a portion of those had children, we're at 10, 15, 20,000. But anyway, 5,000 men besides women and children. And it says that the disciples gave to the people. Now watch. And it says that they all ate till they were full. And there were still 12 baskets left over. What's that? All sufficiency. So the disciples didn't have to go to the people and say, now y'all don't take too much. Right? Amen. Nope. Dig in. Because there's more where that came from. Oh, my Lord. That's what my that's, that's things my grandma used to say. We'd all gather in my Aunt Pauline's dining room in that kitchen way back up in the holler in Kentucky, and they'd start putting stuff on the, on the table, green beans, black-eyed peas, mashed potatoes, and they'd make statements like this, y'all leave hungry, it's your own fault. <laughs> Amen. Because that, that was one bowl of mashed potatoes. There was probably two more bowls in the kitchen. They cooked all day long, starting in the morning. Man, you'd come in there, oh my goodness, if I keep talking, your, your tongue will wrap around your eye teeth, you'll go blind for a minute. I'm telling you, amen. You'd come in there and I'd see my grandmother with a ham in the oven, pouring a Pepsi over top of it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my Lord. Ah, and you could just, oh, Hallelujah. Glory to God, Shandai. And, and then she'd have a pot of beans. I mean, that had been going most of the day. And, and Grandma would go over there with a big dill pickle and cut a dill pickle up in the beans. Oh, my Lord. 
And she'd say, buddy boy, you want some of these beans? Yes, ma'am, I want some of those beans. I never went back with another bowl and she said, no, we don't have enough. Your mama would try to say, now you've had enough. And your grandma would say, let that young man eat. He's growing. I was growing. But think, think about that. If you leave hungry, it's your own fault. Amen. Because you know, back then, they, they, they didn't cook like folk cook today. I feel sorry for people of sometimes of this generation. They, they missed out. Pepsi ham. They missed it. Glory to God. Amen. Y'all ever sit out on the, under the tree and snap beans? Yeah. Man, you liked snapping those beans because you knew, whoo-hoo, tomorrow. Mmm. Now, I, I'm not advocating all this. I'm trying to make a point. When you popped the top on Grandma's beans, it wasn't just beans. There was bacon in them. Chunks of fat. Amen. Definite, definitely a lot of healthy bowl of beans. But, but the point, my goodness, I, you, you just wanted to enjoy every bean. It's so good. And then you you're sitting back, oh, and they say, who wants dessert? Amen. And it wasn't some of that shortcake. I mean, Grandma would make cobbler. Homemade cobbler. You know, Grandma didn't, Grandma didn't switch out butter for applesauce. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying. And it wasn't like a pad of butter. It was like, I, I've, got, I've got my wife's grandmother's recipes. I do a lot of cooking at home. And I was going through her recipes one day to see maybe could I use some of them. Oh my goodness. Three-quarter stick of butter. Cup of sugar. Amen. Two cups of whole milk. You're thinking, my Lord, I will waddle out of there. But my point is, that's, that's, my point is, is, is it was abundance. You didn't need a piece of pie and want another piece of pie and they say, we don't have it. You'd go in there and there'd be blueberry pie, cherry pie, apple pie, cobbler. Amen. One of the, one of the first years Pastor Michelle and I were married, we went to Greenville, Tennessee to have Thanksgiving with her grandmother and grandfather, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Babb there. And my goodness, it was like walking in Grandma's house. We walked in early in the day, early in the morning, and Miss Babb had already been cooking. Hallelujah. You know, that just brings back memories. Grandma standing there with her apron on. Grandma always wore a Pentecostal bun because she was Pentecostal. And my grandmother wore horn-rimmed glasses. Emma Palmer wore horn-rimmed glasses and always wore like a gingham dress. I used to go to the bean patch with my grandmother 
I'd stay with her in the summer, and she'd, she'd buy bean dust, and we'd have to walk down to my uncle, my cousin Kratis' house. Kratis, now you can tell where we're from. Kratis Marshall was his name. And they always had a dirty house. And my grandmother would say, when we get down there, don't you, don't, you better go to the bathroom before we go, because you're not going in that Kratis Marshall's house and go to the bathroom. It's filthy. And she'd say, and don't you, if they offer you something to drink, don't you take it because it's filthy. And my grandmother wore a bonnet. Not, not a hat, a bonnet. And wore her apron to the bean patch. And she'd pack us sandwiches and a soda. Amen. That's pop if you don't know what soda is. And we'd dust beans and drink Pepsi. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, anyway. Abundance. Abundance. That, that's, that's how she was. And you'd go in that kitchen and things would be steaming all around her. Amen. And she'd turn around and a piece of hair would be down over her, over her eye. And she'd, whoo, whoo, she'd be wiping her hands. Whoo, she, this is going to be good. Amen. And you'd come in there and she'd say, Shh, Betty boy, get out from under my feet. I'm cooking. I wanted to be in there where it was smelling good. Sit out there with the tobacco chewers. I want to come in here where it's smelling good. But here's my point as I, as I end. There was always abundance. There wasn't just a pan of cornbread. There were pans of cornbread. You know, God said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you because I own the cattle on a thousand hills. And my father used to say, and there's a tater on every hill. Steak and potatoes. Abundance. Are you ready to believe? Are you ready to believe that you don't have to dip into your reserves? Oh, hallelujah. If you'd like to give tonight, there is an envelope there in the seat back in front of you. You can certainly sow into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. Amen. Glory to God. When you're ready to sow tonight, why don't you lift your seed to the Lord? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to sow seed tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to allow your kingdom provision to work in our lives. And the seed is the avenue. And as we give tonight, we are expecting abundance. And we are expecting more than enough. And we are expecting to have all sufficiency in all things so that we don't have to touch our reserve, but we have more than enough presently in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. Hallelujah. You can come with your seed rejoicing tonight in the name of Jesus. Oh, I believe God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You got them all, Pepe? Pepe's sowing for Lily tonight, too. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't God good? You're at the right place.
Oh, Father, we thank you for the seeds that have been sown tonight into the kingdom of God and as your under-shepherd, Lord. I call your people blessed and favored and healed. And we call for an expedited return and an accelerated harvest in the name of Jesus. Amen. amen. And amen. Praise God. Well, you can stand on your feet tonight if you would. One quick announcement tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, we normally have prayer at 6. Uh, we'll not be gathering for prayer tomorrow. We'll resume next Monday. Uh, our students have their first trimester exam tomorrow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know they're excited. And Pastor Caldwell will be here with us on the 18th, Sunday night. And so uh, be sure and mark your calendar for that. Amen. Uh, also, remember Sunday morning, Christmas morning, one service. We'll be having one service that day. Our children will be performing for us that day. Amen. I know they've been practicing and, and just, they said the glory fell back there in Children's Church today. And I believe that. That's what the Lord said to us. And so God's good. Amen. Come on, would you say it with me tonight? The vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. You and I will always be world changers. God bless you.